an announcement right now? Am I introducing the sermon? It's going to take me just one second to do this because I need to set up the... What happened? Fudge sale. Well, we're going to announce that at the end, but fudge sale at the end. Go buy, pick up your present, and then pick up fudge because it's for the women's Bible study, and they always do this incredible job of self-sustaining all the ministries that they do, and so you want to support that greatly. It's, it's really one of the best ministries in the entire church. So go buy and get fudge, okay? All right, give it to somebody. Give it to me, okay? All right, this is Christmas season. We're putting a pause on our series on Empowered. Uh, not, the, next week I'll actually be talking a little bit about the Holy Spirit and so on. Uh, every week we should be talking about the Holy Spirit. Uh, and we will again this week too and next week. But we're just putting a pause on this because what we're doing in this Christmas season right now is we want to mark the things that lead up to Christmas, the, the things that mark Christmas. We want to talk about them and see their underlying foundation and, and what God is really doing with them during this holiday season. And so the one that we're starting off with is the one that biblically we start off with, right? I mean, the angels proclaim that Christ is coming, and then, they, and then the heavenly choir shows up, and they sing praises, right? And they cry out to God. And so we're going to be starting this series with Kara doing a sermon on worship. But there's a reason why we're actually doing worship that's even greater than just this season. And that is, just as you've seen in the extraordinary things that God has been doing in this church in terms of totally rejiggering us and really turning us more into the church that he would have as opposed to the one that we just have come up with culturally over the centuries and eons or thousands of years now. And as he's really redefining and as he's doing so many things and showing us, just these incredible things he's showing us, uh, that something came to our hearts and the worship steering team and so on, and it was that he's trying to do the same thing in worship. There's something that he's trying to do. Worship has become a lot about music in the last bit here, right? And there's always that tension, of course, but it has, there's sort of been a lot of talk about it, even in the magazines and the research and so on and, and this kind of thing. And there's been this thing that's been going on about, about worship. And so I just had this idea, why don't we have the worship steering team about once a quarter talk to us about things about worship that are not the things we normally think about regarding worship. And so about once a quarter, we're going to be having a member of the steering team and other people come and talk about things of worship so that we start understanding more what the real heart and foundation is. It's not about singing some songs before church and then listen to a sermon. It really is about doing something as unto the Lord. And the one that you're going to hear today is extraordinary. And that's what I want to do right now is introduce who's going to actually do our first one, and it's Kara Iwasaki. And man, am I glad that you're the one who is starting this off. And there's a whole bunch of reasons for that, and not least of which is, you're not coming up just yet. <laughs> she was looking there and said, yeah, go up. But not least of which is, is that she's grown up in this church. And so I've watched her as a little girl singing with her sister songs that made my heart rejoice. And I've watched her grow into, and she'll talk about this a little bit, but I've watched her grow into a young woman who loves God with all of her heart, mind, soul, and strength, who has, not just by my discernment, but by many peoples in this church and outside of this church, who clearly has a calling on her life to lead worship. That is what God has made her to do. There's other things too, but that is a primary thing, and it is a wondrous thing, and she does it absolutely beautifully, and she's taken the time 
to get better at it, to go out into the world. She's gone down to Murrieta and interned it with Troy down there. And she's gone to Christ for the Nations, which she'll talk about. And she's gotten education and so on. And then God called her back here, which is yay God, right? Because she's such a brilliant worship leader. I mean, she brings us into his presence so beautifully. I mean, I just get lost when she leads worship. I find myself waking up when it's over, you know, because I've been in his presence. Now, I want to say that one of the reasons why, I, again, that we're having her talk is because what she's actually going to talk about is a greater thing than just about what worship is and that you should be here on time and, you know, that kind of thing. Right? I mean, that's a lot of what worship teaching is about, right? Come on time, right? Okay? You know, telling people to come on time never works. Bringing people into something that is so filled with God that they can't wait to be there works. You're going to hear something today about what God is trying to do with worship that I don't know that you've ever heard before. Honestly, when I was hearing it, I've heard bits and pieces of this, but I'd never heard it quite this way. And it, it just made me stand up and say, I don't know that I worship and praise God in this spirit. And so I'm very excited to have one of our own and just this godly woman, and I'm, I want to hug you, but I'm going to resist, okay? So you just got to come up here and blow us away, okay? So give a big hand. Okay? okay. Oh, Leon, kid. Okay, so I guess no surprise what I'm talking about this morning. We're going to talk about worship. So I want to ask you, what do you think of when I say, okay, what is worship? Go ahead, call out. Um, specifically, what is praise? What do you think of? Fast songs? We talked about maybe getting here on time. Is it the first song? Is that what praise is? Shouting? Maybe it's what you do in your car on the way to church. You're singing to the radio. Now, I want to ask you another question. What was on your heart this morning when you came in? What was in your mind, maybe the back of your mind even now? Is it a struggle, a conversation that happened before you got here? Um, maybe it feels like a battle, a conflict. It could be relational, financial, health-related. What is that thing? Well, what if worship is the thing that can change everything about your life? What if praise and worship actually have the power to bring the kingdom of God on your behalf in a way that changes completely, literally changes your circumstances? What if worship makes all the difference? What if it's the key? What if praise is actually a weapon? Now I'm excited this morning. Um, my dad is going to pray. Johnny Wasaki um, is going to pray for us. And so... Um, Pray for the sermon, lift up another church. You can pray for the Seahawks if you want. Lord, thank you for this morning. And um, Lord, I pray that you would help Kara speak with power and clarity this message. And that we would all hear it, um, hear what you have to say through her. And I pray that, as she said, that we would uh, 
that we would uh, go away knowing that praise and worship does change everything. Yes. And that's a vital part of living the Christian life. Lord, I, pr I also lift up uh, Northwest Foursquare Church in Federal Way this morning yes. and pray that um, you work powerfully there and, and change lives. Pray all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Isn't that great? He's like a father to me. I just love it when he prays. <laughs> so, um, that's a joke, get it? Um, <laughs> most of you uh, know me because you see me up here a lot. I'm up here leading worship um, because I love it. It's what I was created to do. Um, and I know, like Kurt said, this is why the Lord has called me back to Lake Sam. Um, I grew up in this church. Some of you might remember back when I was in Sunday school, um, I was in like Christmas pageants or um, Kurt likes to talk about how me and my sister Joanna um, would come up and sing duets for Mother's Day or other events. But um, I've just been singing for as long as I can remember. Um, as soon as I could talk, I was singing. I just sing anything. I'll just make it up. I'll just make up some songs and sing all the time. And um, I started singing at church um, when I was in seventh grade. I joined the youth band, and at the time, Troy Smith um, was here, and he was um, leading the youth band. And so um, I started singing, and he really taught me what it meant to be a worshiper. He led by example. And so I began to grow in my understanding of what worship was. Um, I began to lead worship for a youth group. Then I began singing on Sunday mornings up here. Then I eventually began leading um, worship on Sunday mornings. And so um, I've been on this journey learning about what worship really is. Um, some of you know that after I graduated from high school, um, I had the opportunity to travel a little bit. I got to go with a family from Lake Sam, the Lu's, who are now missionaries in China. Um, I got to go with them um, to Kona, Hawaii, on the YWAM base there, Youth with the Mission. After that, um, like Kurt said, I got to intern with Troy at the church that he went to in Marietta, California. And so I was there for a year interning. And just again, um, another layer of what it meant to be a worshiper. He taught me how to um, listen to the Holy Spirit, um, follow where he's going, really just um, flow and listen and obey. After that, um, this last year, I actually got to go, uh, the Lord called me to go back to school. So I went to school in Texas a tiny school called Christ for the Nations Institute in Dallas. And um, I did a one-year program there called, or one-year program, it was the Worship and Technical Arts major. And so again, just another layer. Um, I learned so much about the Father's heart, what it meant to be a daughter, um, just so much more about um, worship theology and why we do what we do. Um, and so I've just been learning and gathering this information, right? So maybe... Me up here this morning isn't that much of a surprise to you. That this is, you see me up here. This is what I love to do. But maybe there's um, something you don't know about me and my family. And that is we love football. <laughs> so this is me <laughs> um, in the middle. <laughs> That's me at two and a half. Um, my sister Melanie on the left and my sister Joanna on the right. And so uh, both my parents went to the University of Oregon, and actually a lot of my family. And so we are hardcore Duck fans from um, as long as I can remember. <laughs> Aiden's shaking his head. Um, go Ducks. Um, as long as I can remember, I 
saw what it meant to bleed green and yellow, right? I knew the colors from the time I was, this is, I was two and a half in this picture. I have my duck. I'm wearing the right colors, right? I knew that this means touchdown. You throw your hands in the air. I knew the culture. I knew the fight song by the, like this age. I knew how to sing along, right? Because I was singing all the time. Um, I knew the beginning and the end of a play. So I knew um, when the play was over, that meant I could talk again. Or um, <laughs> like, like I knew what it was, right? And so, um, <laughs> but you guys know, um, over Thanksgiving week, there are all those rivalry games. We had Apple Cup, UW versus Wazoo. Um, well, there's also the Oregon rivalry game, which is called the Civil War, Oregon versus Oregon State. And so I remember just a couple years after this picture was taken, I was probably about four years old. Um, we were so excited, all decked out, probably wearing outfits like this, right? Um, ready for the game, green and yellow. And we went to a friend's house. Well, they were for the opposing team. So we get there, and they're all in orange and black. They're for the beavers, right? And so my four-year-old self, when we got there, I experienced something that I had never experienced before. The kids in that family came up to me and my sisters and just started smack-talking. And I'm like four years old. I'm like, what are you, what? <laughs> and they're like, the ducks are horrible. We're going to crush you. Um, we're going to eat you. I'm like, what? And they had this picture, I remember, um, a duck on a rotisserie. And they're like, we're going to have roast duck for dinner. They're like shoving it in my face. So what did I do? I burst into tears, and I ran to my mom, because I didn't know what to do, right? I didn't have a response to that. I had never experienced that before. I knew the right colors to wear, right? But I didn't have an understanding of how to respond in that situation. So that was me at four, um, or at two and a half, right? You could say that I was a fan, um, but at some point, there came, for me and for my sisters, there came a point where we had to make a choice. I chose to watch those games. I chose to wear my team's colors. I chose to know the stats, the scores, the rules of the game. I chose to know the players', the players names so I could see those plays and I would know the impact that it made. So then instead of seeing like a guy wearing tight pants running to the end of a field like, and then, oh, I put my hands in the air, right? Now I understand that's a touchdown. I know what that means. I see the play. I know who that was. And so when you see a play like that, you guys know there's like almost a physical response, right? You see that, and in the moment it happens, you go, yes! Or like, woo, right? You just you have to get up and like, you know, there's like a victory dance or, you know, there's just a physical response. And so you could say that at four or at two and a half, I was a fan, but now I'm a fan. I know what it means. I have that understanding. And does it just feel good to be a fan of something? There's that ownership, right? I see a lot of Seahawks jerseys this morning, <laughs> right? You're a fan. And as fans, we just want to know that we're important to the outcome of the game. Do you guys know what home field advantage is? Have you ever played sports or know what it's like to have a crowd of people just cheering for you, yelling your name, right? Why do home games matter. Today we're going to play San Francisco, and <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen these articles. Um, they're actually like begging their fans to recreate what we have, right? The 12th man. 
And they're like, please cheer. Please be like Seattle, right? Because they know that it works. Um, we have the 12th man. You guys know what that is? It's everyone cheering. It's that thing that um, almost, it's like tangible, right? So Monday night, against, we played against the Saints. Who watched the game? I watched the game. Almost all of you. This is great. <laughs> um, why was it such a big game? It was the top two teams in the NFL playing each other, right? Everyone was watching. It was a huge deal. It was a big game. So why did it matter that we had the home field advantage? It's a big deal. Like I said, the 12th man, right? It was a huge deal. So today, when we play San Francisco... Um, there's an article a couple days ago in the paper, I think it was Thursday, on the front page talking about how the 12th man even goes on the road. Um, it's a threat wherever we go, right? Seahawks fans are still louder. They're still more intense. They're still going after it. Um, and so they're scared, right, the 49ers? And so um, <laughs> why? Because they know that it works. If you guys have been um, watching any football, you probably have seen these commercials. I'm going to show this clip um, of how we know um, it works. Yeah. Can you guys play that? <laughs> oh, can we get sound on that? Can we start it over with the sound? It's still funny without the sound, but. <laughs> Can we start that over again with the sound? <laughs> no. Oops. Why did she pack these things? I ate one by accident last time. And we won. It's good luck. But it tastes like a dirty old tree branch. What the heck is Quino? But this is the first place. <laughs> what is that, Luca? It's Quino. <laughs> but like the fans who do whatever it takes. <laughs> Don't you love those? It says, it's only weird if it doesn't work. And don't we think that way? There's that mindset there. Like, it's ridiculous, right? He thinks it's a loofah, right? Um, what is a quino? And, um, but that's the mindset that we have, that what I do makes a difference, right? We think this way. The unwashed jersey, you know? What I do makes a difference. And so, um, <laughs> Monday night, what was the difference? You guys saw this picture? Have you seen this? We set another record that night. This is a picture from the Guinness Book of World Records people. Um, they were there that night. And so this is showing we broke another world record for stadium noise, 137.6 decibels. That's insane. The fans made a difference. Also, um, during the first quarter, there was another, um, they recorded another 
earthquake. Not a real earthquake, but from the fans jumping up and down, um, the Seattle Times <laughs> reported that there is um, a magnitude one or two earthquake in the first quarter. Isn't that insane? That like blows my mind that like Century Field or CenturyLink made an earthquake. Um, <laughs> and so it turns out that there's more to this maybe than we think. Not only did we make um, this kind of difference, but we crushed the saints 34-7, right? So we made a difference. Now, let's just say that um, everybody was home that night. Nobody, um, we're just watching from TV. Everyone tunes in. Stadium's empty. There's no crowd. Would we still have had an advantage? What do you think? I mean, you could try to argue that they're playing on their No. Why? What's missing? The 12th man. What's causing them to run harder, faster, longer? That tension, right? It's missing. So we know that home field advantage is a real thing and that the fans do make a difference. Well, it's the same thing with worship. Praise, when we praise, it makes an impact on the outcome of the game. And the beauty of praise is that we don't have to all rush to CenturyLink. We don't have to fill up a stadium full of people for God to hear us. If you guys were here last week, you heard um, Greg talk about how God hears us. We know that he hears us every time, personally, intimately. He hears you. There are um, four, seven main Hebrew words in the Old Testament that talk about praise, that define praise. But we're only going to talk about one. Don't be overwhelmed by seven. Um, the main one, the one that's used most of all, is halal, which is where we get the word hallelujah. And it means to boast, to glory, celebrate clamorously, or be loudly foolish. Doesn't that sound like football, kind of? Be loudly foolish, <laughs> right? And so I love that. This kind of praise means no self-preservation. It's not about me. It's not about you, right? It's only for him. And the Bible doesn't say we just do it sometimes or don't forget this, do it last. What does it say? Psalm 104. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. So why do we praise? Well, first we praise because of who God is. Psalm 103, 1 through 5. Let all that I am praise the Lord with my whole heart. I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. I praise because of who he is. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagle's. So he prays because of who he is. Now, do you remember who this is? This is Dan Bowman. And a few weeks ago, Kurt shared um, an interview um, of this guy's story. Um, years ago, he and a friend felt like the Lord called them to go to Iran and preach the gospel. So they went for two weeks. They were there. And on the way out, he was at the border leaving. He had a great time these two weeks. He's on his way out. 
and he's detained at the border. He's imprisoned, tortured, beaten every day. Um, he finds out that he has two death sentences on him, um, one for being a missionary and one for being a spy. But what I love about his story at the beginning, do you remember what he said when he first got in the prison? This is what he said. There was no sense of feeling God. I felt like God was far away. All I could really trust in was his character and that his character would be true no matter what I was feeling and no matter what circumstance I was going through. After nine weeks um, of being imprisoned, he was released by Iran's high court. But what I love is saying he didn't feel in that moment when he first got there, empowered by the Holy Spirit. He didn't feel God's presence there, but he remembered who his God was. He said, I knew his character. He knew those things we just read about in Psalms. I know he forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. That's who my God is. And that's what he said. So he prays because of who God is. We praise because of what he's done. Psalm 107. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Tell others he's redeemed you from your enemies. That's what he's done. Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire, he set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. Oh, the joys of those who trust in the Lord, who have no confidence in the proud or in those who worship idols. So he lifted me out of the pit of despair. We praise him for what he's done. This is a testimony. This breeds thankfulness, right? When we praise, it's out of a grateful heart, a thankful heart. We can't praise and complain at the same time. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so if you're thinking like, I'm having trouble thinking of something to be thankful for. Well, are you saved? Like, Jesus paid it all for you. That's so much more than enough to be thankful for. And so thanksgiving is the essence of praise. We praise because of what he's done. We remember. And then... We praise because we know what he's going to do. Psalm 22, 3 says, Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. He inhabits the praises of his people. That word is talking about a dwelling place, creating a resting place for God. So we know that when we praise, God shows up. That's incredible. When we praise, he shows up. We know what he's going to do, right? So when we praise him and he shows up, what else happens? What do we know from scripture? When God is there, well, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. In his presence is fullness of joy. These is, this is what we know. We know what he's going to do when he shows up. So when we praise, we're inviting him. We're inviting his presence. And anything is possible in his presence. Isn't that exciting? So, I'm going to give you the opportunity to do this right now, actually. Um, we're going to go into a time of praise. So, 
Remember that thing that I asked you about at the beginning? What was that thing? Um, a struggle or an unanswered prayer, something that you're looking for? Well, we're going to praise right now, right from the middle of that. Not because we're going to focus on it, because we know God is so much bigger than whatever that is, right? But because we just talk about, we know why we praise. Because we know who God is. We know what he's done. And so we know what he's going to do. So that's where we're going to go. I'm going to switch over to this mic. And so you guys can all stand up. And this is what we're going to do. It may feel weird, right? But here's the deal. This is what you were created to do. And so it doesn't matter. It's not for anyone else but him. And so if you know the words of this song, sing out. But it's really your praise to him. No one else can praise him the way that you do. No one else can love him like you do. So let's just love on him right now.
against me shall remain. I will rejoice, I will declare, God is my victory. I will bring praise, I will bring praise. No weapon formed against me shall remain. I will rejoice, I will declare, God is my victory. So how did that feel? You guys can have a seat. Are you feeling victorious yet? Good. Because, are we back on this one? Because we know that when we praise, he comes and he fights on our behalf. More than just showing up. We said that he has the victory, right? He's my victory and he's here. When he comes... He more than shows up. He fights for us. And when we praise, it creates confusion and chaos and panic over the enemy. Because he's for us. This is who our God is. So I want to read a story from the Old Testament. This is my favorite passage about um, praise in battle. And this shows where when we praise, 
it literally changes the course of history. It literally changes the outcome. In Second Chronicles 20, um, it's the whole chapter, so you can read it later if you want, but um, it's King Jehoshaphat of Judah. And he finds out that he's going to be attacked by these three armies, the Ammonites, the Moabites, and the Mayanites. And so it's not just one army, not two, but three have declared war on him. And so he's terrified, rightfully so. He's, three, three armies are coming to get him, right? And so um, I love his response. He calls all the people together um, to fast and pray. And he, um, from all the towns of Judah, he comes... They all come to Jerusalem. And he gets up before them, and he begins to pray. And so for the next ten verses or so, we see this response from him, just like what we just talked about. He begins to pray, and he says, O God of our ancestors, O God of Abraham. What's he saying? I know who you are. We praise because we know who God is. He goes on, and he starts talking about um, did you not deliver us from these people? Did you not deliver us? Did you not do this? I've seen you come through. He's saying, I know what you've done. And then he begins to say, Lord, I know who you are. I know what you've done, and so I know what you're going to do. You will come and rescue us. You will come and save the day. And so in that moment, it says, the Spirit of the Lord fell on one of the men there. His name was Jehaziel. And he gets up and he says, I have a word from the Lord. Don't you love that when you get a word from the Lord? Um, <laughs> and he says, listen, this is what the Lord told me. Do not be afraid. These, these three armies are coming to get them. And he says, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged by these armies, by this battle. Tomorrow, march out. Get ready. But, he says, you will not even need to fight. Stand still and watch because the victory is mine. I, the Lord, I'm going to help you. I'm going to save you. This victory is mine. So, the next morning, they get up and they march out to battle. And so, this is what it says in verse 21. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. And this is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. And now, I love this part, what happens next. It says, at the very moment they began to sing and give praise. At the very moment. They're not there yet. They're just starting to march out, right? At, but at the very moment they began to sing and praise. The Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. After they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So, when the army of Judah arrived, can you imagine? They don't know. They're not there yet. So they arrive. You're part of that army. You show up, it says, at the lookout point in the wilderness. <laughs> All they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. This is our God, right? He said, stand still. You're not even going to need to fight. He goes before you and he fights on your behalf. When we praise, he more than shows up. He's for you and he fights for you. It's amazing. 
They didn't have to do anything. They praised. They led the way with praise. So Ephesians um, 6.12 says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So we're in a spiritual war, right? This is a spiritual battle. And he's given us these weapons of spiritual warfare. I'm going to invite my friend Jeremy Mercer to come up. There he is. And as he's coming up, I just want to say, I've known Jeremy for seven years, I think, about seven years, when um, he started coming here. Um, we were both in high school in youth group. And a fun fact about Jeremy is that he teaches karate, and he has a black belt, which is great. So he's gonna, also going to protect me. I don't know if anything happens. Um, and so I'm glad you're here. And also, um, can you tell me, how many times have you uh, dislocated your shoulder? Which one? Let's start with this one. Uh, six. And the other one? Five. That's insane. <laughs> so Jeremy... Um, it's going to tell us a story about, um, I guess, your story in worship, how you learned about um, spiritual warfare. Go ahead. All right. Um, so when I was like 17 years old, we, um, I was in the youth group here, and we went to um, something called a choir of the fire, which is a great thing. If you guys ever get a chance, go to it. Um, and uh, the last night, um, we, as a youth group, always went out, usually to McDonald's, when I was at Acquire the Fire. And so we were out at McDonald's, and um, as for me, I hurt myself, of course, because <laughs> it was my shoulder, too, because um, that's what I do, hurt myself. <laughs> and um, so I was in a lot of pain because it hurt really bad. So we went back to um, the last um, like message, and um, I kind of just went and sat off by myself because I didn't want to be talked to. I just wanted to be alone because I was in a lot of pain. And um, so they started worship, and I was just sitting there and, you know, kind of, like, feeling sorry for myself because I was in pain. And everyone else stood up started worshiping, and I just kind of closed my eyes. And um, I started to see this, I started to see myself standing in the middle of a field alone. Uh, no one else was around me. And um, as the, it started, it kept going, and, and all of a sudden I started seeing demons surround me, and they started to close in and attack. And... Um, as this was happening, I, I heard a voice that said, Jeremy, stand up and worship. And because I'm stubborn, I didn't do it, and I didn't listen. And I continued to sit there. A minute later, I heard the voice again. It said, Jeremy, stand up and worship. So I listened because I was starting to get scared. And so I stood up, and I, I started to worship. And as I started to worship, um, I could see all the people that were around me. They started to appear around me. And we started to fight, and as we were starting to fight, all of a sudden angels started to come down from heaven, and they started to, to fight with us. And um, not only were the demons gone after that point, the pain in my shoulder was gone, and I was, it was great. That's awesome. <laughs> so I have a question, though. So did that, after that moment, did that change your perspective? Um, or your understanding of what worship is? Yes. Yes. <laughs> good. <laughs> Double yeses are good, right? And was it anyone else that came in and started worshiping, or was it your personal choice to worship that made the difference? 
It, it was my choice, and that's what made the you difference. That. Yeah. That's awesome. Can we just give Jeremy a hand? Yeah. Thank you, Jeremy. Here you go. <laughs> I love that, because we see God showed up in that moment, right? He fights for us. Do you guys remember um, when Justine spoke over Labor Day weekend? I love what she said about we're going into a new season. Um, she said, Happy New Year. This is the beginning of the year. Right? And we talked about being empowered by the Holy Spirit, being the game changer. Do you remember that phrase? The game changer. Game changed. And when I started learning about the power of praise, when I truly understood what it meant, the impact that it had, it was the same thing for me. It was the game changer. And it started changing the way I lived my life, everything that I did. Um, this teaching on um, praise was the first lesson in um, one of my classes at Christ of the Nations Institute this last year. Um, I started learning about what it meant, why we praise. Um, that's who God is, what he's done, what he's going to do. And so that changed everything that I did. I began um, waking up and I would say, Psalm 104, enter his gates of thanksgiving, go into his courts with praise. And so I'd begin the day, every day, by praising and sometimes that meant music. Sometimes it doesn't, right? It doesn't mean it has to be music. But I begin just praising him. I know who you are. God, I know the things that you've done in my life. I know what you're going to do because I know your character. And I just begin my day. That changed everything about my day. I began having dreams about praise. I remember one night um, I was lying on uh, my stomach. I was sleeping. And I felt um, someone like nudge my shoulder, my right shoulder, um, and turn me around, and I heard the Lord say, praise me, turn around and praise me right from where you are. And so I did, I lifted my hands on my, from my, on my back, I lifted my hands and I just began to praise him. And the beautiful thing was, it wasn't because I knew everything, it wasn't because I had it all right. He said, praise me right from where you are. And so we can praise right from where we are today. It's powerful. And so, now that we have this understanding, I want this um, to be the game changer, right? God shows up when we praise. Game changed. When I'm facing a conflict, a battle, a crisis, I can praise and my God shows up and fights for me on my behalf. Game changed, right? Did you see that in Jeremy's story? There is a moment, there was a choice that he made. And it changed the impact of the game. So I'm going to invite the band to come back up. And as they're coming up, I wonder where you're at this morning um, in your understanding of praise. Maybe um, you're where I was at as a four-year-old in my understanding of football, right? Do you follow along because it's culture or it's tradition? It's just what we do. We just show up. Um, or are you ready to own it? Are you ready for a game changer? Do you want to um, step out as a mature, true fan, right? Knowing, understanding what it means and having the choice to make that. So does it mean that we're going to know everything there is to know about worship? No. Or what it means to praise? No. Because this is a journey that we're going to be on for the rest of our lives. But are you ready? Are you willing? 
to let your new understanding of praise be the game changer, be what makes the difference? Are you ready to choose this morning? I'm going to praise because of who you are. Are you ready to see the outcome of your game changed forever? So we're going to go back into this. And the choice to praise is going to look different for you than to someone else maybe. That's okay, because remember, it's not for you. It's not for them. It's not for anyone else but him. So let's stand. Um, Lord Jesus, thank you for your presence that's here. of who you are. We praise you because of what you've done and we praise you because of what you're going to do.
begin to sing out. Thank him for who he is, for what he's done, and what he's going to do. Adore you. 
Open up ancient gates. Open up ancient doors. And let the King of glory enter. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord invincible in battle. Open up ancient gates. Open up ancient doors. And let the King of glory enter. Who is the King of glory? The Lord Almighty. He is the King of glory. Psalm 24. very lightly in a holy moment, right? Lord, in Jesus' holy and precious name, you've given us this weapon. You've given us this thing that we all do naturally. We love to sing. We love to sing along to radio songs and all of the things that we do, and we love to sing. And, and I, think, <laughs> I think that today you've shown us a dimension of what that was about that I just don't think was in our hearts and our minds. And I think that we have gone an awful long time without understanding the, the depths of power to be had, the depths of victory to be had, the depths of presence to be known. 
the depths of the depths of change to our lives and our circumstances and don't think we've availed ourselves of a truth which you made clear it's in the scripture it's not like she made it up but we just didn't do it and because of that take that lower cup because of that God this body we broke it we broke our presence we broke your presence we broke our witness of your presence in the world in our own lives even thank you Jesus for coming and making us all thank you Jesus for coming and restoring us thank you Holy Spirit for inhabiting our praises and showing us not just hearing not just having heard and then go off but of actually demonstrating actually showing up and showing us what it is to be in your presence in your place to the surpassing and transcendent of all the pain of all of the issues of all of the hardships of all the difficulties of this world God in Jesus holy and precious name thank you for sending Jesus then Jesus thank you for coming to heal us and so take this body broken for us that we might be made whole again in Jesus name take together and then this cup is the life that you and only you have for us the life that you purchased for us so long ago and this we just you've just been waiting for us to appropriate it, to bring it into our lives and to make it part of our walk. A praise of you, a praise in song and in worship, a praise of you with our whole heart. In Jesus' name, God, you have made this life available and so now we pick it up. And we say, make this life, make this life holy and fully and truly be mine. In Jesus' name, take together, would you? There's so many things that are going through my mind right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw us to a close because I feel like I'm supposed to even though I don't want to. What I want to say is, thank you, a daughter of this church, for raising up in him and then bringing us him back. That's just phenomenal. It's interesting to me, as I saw this worship team and I was just contemplating it, it's interesting to me that in this worship team, there's, you know, mostly people end up, it seems like, in worship because they were music leaders, right? They were music musicians. They wanted to be in a band. They wanted to do rock. Or they wanted to do whatever. And they learned how to do music because they wanted to play music, right? This is a band that not one person in here came to it for that reason. Will, when did you start playing the guitar? To do worship when he was 15. When did you start playing the bass? Two years ago, so that he could worship the Lord. It's not too late, okay? It's not too late, okay? Adam, when did you start playing music? Hey, seventh grade for worship. For the in, ladies, but yeah. Oh, well then he doesn't count. 
Okay? Thank you for being honest. Justine? I mean, when? musical theater and at some point I said I don't want to perform for people I just want to sing for God and that's yeah. when I started getting involved yeah and Carrot you already know her story so it's just an interesting day it's an interesting day and in what I think God is trying to bring us and what I think he's trying to bring us is is into new things all the way around so I just really want to encourage you don't let this just go in one ear and out the other as you walk out of here today. Let praise become your day. Let praise become every day after this. And then, you know, be frank, you know, show up on time next week and enter into the journey that God has set us on to find His presence in the worship that we do here at this church. It's not why we did the sermon, you understand. But let's just become worshipers. Let's become praisers. And let's change not only our own lives, but let's change the whole world through that. Doesn't that sound like a great way to change the world? The world can argue a lot about our doctrine. But the praise that's in music, this holiday season, the praise, the presence of God that inhabits our praises and our songs, they bear witness to. God, make us your instruments, literally. Let us become the very expression and manifestation of your heart. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. I love you. God bless you.